0: Greetings and welcome to a Scouse's House special presentation, the English Premier League season preview. I have gathered a crack staff, a team of experts of dazzling technical analysts that are going to astound and amaze you with their knowledge of the Premier League season. But they couldn't make it. I did, unfortunately (laughs) they're not here. And so instead, I am your host tonight, Evan Floyd, and uh, Scouts' House is proud to be doing this preview. Uh, pre- me- uh, this is starting well. spit we it out we now. Can edit Come that on. Out. <laughs> we're proud to be presenting this preview of the Premier League season. Uh, we've got, we do have a number of big Premier League fans, and uh, we're going to be discussing what we expect to see in the upcoming season, what where fans can probably head out to catch some games this year, and uh, what can be expected from uh, what should be a really great uh, season of football. So, I am your host, Evan Floyd. I'm also the host of the In the House podcast for Scouse's House. You can catch me behind the goal for all home games. Um, Excited to be here, and uh, to my left, we have got...
1: Hey, this is Cody Ruth, uh, Scouse's House Ambassador, up on the north end of the pitch, if you ever make it out to Scouse's House.
2: Hi, this is Scouse. Um, This is... uh and
3: um, what our third special podcast today the and third one
2: third one and i'm um, looking forward to the new premiership season
3: kevin kernan i'm uh uh analyst on Louis state broadcast and uh i've become a bit of a regular on these special podcasts at least we got to bring in the brains <laughs> yep
4: uh and joey cecil a uh, president of ao louisville and also always in Scouts house behind the goal all
0: right so this is the crew we've assembled we have got fans of a number of different teams, but we're gonna do our best to not let our biases hinder our analysis of what we expect to see this year.
1: <laughs> Bullets. Uh, I'm, I'm just
0: really glad as the lone Arsenal representative that there are no Tottenham fans here. I feel really good about that. And so we're gonna, we're gonna get started. The first thing I thought we would do is we would throw it over to Kevin and discuss sort of how things shook out at the end of last year and uh, what, what last year might tell us about going forward into this season.
3: Yeah, well, it's, it was basically Manchester City, you know, since Christmas, everybody knew that they were going to walk through to the championship. But it was really the only question of if they could go perfect or not. Sure. Uh, ultimately, they did lose a few goals to, or lose a few games to Liverpool and uh, United as well. So um, they didn't, you know, have the unbeaten season as Arsenal has previously. Uh, but, Never heard of it. <laughs> but they uh, they walk through, you know, setting records and goals scored, points accumulated, all of that, all of that stuff. Uh, United did come in second, you know, behind Mourinho and his more pragmatic defense. Mostly behind David De Gea. Yeah, exactly. Uh, cemented on the back line by De Gea, uh, and you know, is you know the top six teams finished in the top six. Uh, as you would expect. As, as you would expect. Tottenham came in third. Liverpool fourth. Chelsea and Arsenal are gonna be satisfied with Europe, or with uh, Europa League this year. Burnley, really, mm. you know, the, the odd team in, mm. uh, did a well, nice job to finish as high as they did. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They sort of underachieved or overachieved under that uh, Sean Dyche led team. Uh, going down was Swansea City, Stoke, and West Brom. West Brom just miserable throughout most of the season. Yeah. Uh, almost rescued it with their uh, appointment of their. Uh, uh, caretaker manager but it was a li- too, too little too late there oh. at the end
0: and when Kevin says going down he means that uh, in the Premier League the bottom three teams so the te- three teams that finish in the last places lose their spot in the league and fall into the second division of uh, English football which is the championship and the three highest teams from that division then move forward and take their slots in the Premiership uh, also he mentioned the Europa League for uh, mm-hmm. Arsenal and Chelsea that's because the top four teams in the league will go on to play in the champions league and the next two will play in the europa league which is sort of a uh a uh, congratulations you were almost yeah, good yeah. kind of a league yeah. uh talk to a scout a little bit about kevin mentioned the top six
2: uh yeah. talk to us a little bit about the division between those six teams and the rest of the league well basically the the division between those teams is that they are um the wealthiest teams in english football and traditionally it's uh, arsenal chelsea Man United, Manchester City, um, Spurs, and Liverpool. In Uh, that order? Well, no,
0: not really. In terms of talent.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But if if we're gonna go on talent, Man United shouldn't be in there. But anyway. (laughs) But um, that's the, when we talk about the top six, that's what we're talking about. They are the six wealthiest teams, and with the, uh, the wealth of money that they have, they can go ahead and buy the better players and then qualifying for um, the Champions League and the Europa League comes with financial gain for them, so um, that will attract- The rich get richer. Yeah, and that will attract um, some of the better players all over the world to want want to play for those six teams. And so, uh, because of the UEFA fair play, uh,
0: fair financial play rules, the way this works out is that everybody in the Champions League—I am sorry—in the Premier League will share a pot of money for the advertising rights, for the television dollars, all, everything that Barclays provides to the to the league gets shared out amongst all of the teams. But you are required to only be able to spend as much money as your team actually makes, and because those six teams have the name to bring in a lot of extra dollars, and because they are consistently talented. Uh, they continue to make more money and make more money and make more money, which means they are allowed to spend more money. So a team like a Watford or a Burnley doesn't have as much actual money to spend despite bringing in the same amount as uh, the top six teams do because of the rules. And
4: I think if, if you were to check this up, I'm pretty sure on this, the divide between the top six and everyone else, I think in the history of the Premier League since it was founded in 92, only one team outside the top six right now has ever won it. I'm pretty sure that was Blackburn, Blackburn yeah. but two. Uh, and Leicester. Well, Sorry, are Leicester. My two. fault. But that's but it's only two out of since 1992.
0: Yes, it's uh, it's been a it's been a hegemony for those teams, yeah. and it projects to continue to be. But yeah. I, I'm I'm curious. Let's talk a little bit about the 14 other teams that'll be making up the league this year. Cody, do you have anybody that you've seen or that you uh, are seeing coming up this year that you're particularly interested to watch from uh, maybe one of the clubs that doesn't get quite as much publicity?
1: You know, honestly, if I was going to pick a team that I wanted to see play, I'm not going to pick them to break the top six, but one that I've been enjoying since they came up has been Bournemouth. Okay. The Cherries, I, they earned their top flight just four years ago and they fought tooth and nail to keep it. They, they've stayed well clear of the relegation. They finished 12th last year, well middle of the table. Um, and they, they get by on just good solid results. They, they don't have flashy blowouts. They don't get grind, ground into the pace even by the top flight teams. Their first year they actually uh, beat Man United at home. So they have a lot of skill that I don't think quite gets recognized as much as you would think. And I, I really think that they have a chance to crawl a little higher on the table, maybe uh, break the top eight this year.
3: All right. Kevin, what about you? Uh, well, first off, if I may, talking about all the money in the Premier League and, you know, the teams that we don't normally mention, it bears mentioning the three teams that got promoted into the Premiership this sure. year. Sure. Uh, winning the league was Wolverhampton Wanderers. They, were, they had, I think, 106 points in the championship. Granted, they do play 46 matches uh, in, uh, in the top, top five the English Football League. Uh, but uh, they uh, they did very well in the championship. Cardiff came second, and then Fulham won in the playoffs. Uh, sort of uh, was it third through seven yep. play in this 14 playoff to uh, earn Claim what is, that last spot? What is that the most uh, valuable team or valuable match in, in world football? The pl- the third place playoff for uh, to get into the Premier League. But my team that I support, I'm also wearing today is uh, Crystal Palace. And uh, I mean, they sort of—they're—they uh, they're, are technically a London club. They play in South London, but they're really uh, more of a, you know blue-collar team. Yeah. They uh, have you know the—they st- are one of the few teams that sort of have supporters that stand up in one of the uh, in one of the stands. And I think they uh, have only solidified their team from last year. Zaha was out for a good deal last year, and uh, Venteke, their striker, uh, didn't do as well as he should have done. Um, but coming into this year, we've signed Max Meyer on a free from Schalke in Germany. He's, he didn't have a great season last year, but he's a very exciting player. I know I'm a Bundesliga fan as well, so I've seen plenty of him. Now, you say he was signed on a free. Can you explain to us what that means? Sure. So as with uh, any you know football player, they have you know contracts. And in these top leagues, it's usually between three and four years um, is how long contracts run. And you hear like terms like transfers... That's teams going to another team and buying out a player on the transferor team, uh, buying out, buying them out of their, buying the player out of their contract. And you know, uh, teams do very well to keep players that they want. You know, sort of signed on for you know three, four years, and then when they get close to the end of their contract, they sign them on again to sort of protect their investment they made in players. Well, players can decline to sign a new contract, so when their contract runs out in the team that they're on doesn't want them or if they don't want to play on that team they can leave for a free for free and you know you know new clubs don't have to pay the old club to sign this player makes it
0: it makes it an easier way for uh, clubs that maybe don't have the same resources to be able to bring in a top flight
3: player exactly and it, also this is players can you know command a little bit higher wage as well if you know teams aren't shelling out take a little more control of their own destiny exactly if teams aren't shelling out you know 30 50 80 million for a player then they can you know command you know a higher wage um, so Max Meyer comes in. He's an attacking midfielder um, on a free. Uh, he didn't have a great season, so maybe he was hoping to get into, you know, a little bit of a stronger team. But Palace, you know, fair play to them. And Steve Parrish, their chairman, signed, you no know, great player. It'll be an opportunity for him to get a lot of
0: playing time, too, where maybe if he'd gone to one of the bigger one exactly of the bigger right. clubs, he would have been fighting for
3: playing time. He ought to be uh, a focal point of of Palace's attack this year. Exactly. We've got Ayu. He's always – Jordan Ayu's always been an exciting player at the top flight. Uh, he's technically on loan from Swansea City, but that's just because they couldn't get a deal done at the end. I, everybody expects him to sign on for a permit deal probably over the Christmas window. Kuyate, the defensive midfielder uh, for West Ham, has come over to sort of solidify all. All aspects of what the do
0: pitch. you think is the what do you think is sort of the ceiling for how Palace could do this year? What would be a great
3: finish for? I them? think I firmly believe that they could you know make that seventh spot you know get into a Europa League playoff spot. Seventh is the lowest you can finish in the table and still play in Europe in the succeeding season. That's where Burnley finished last year. Right now they're playing in Europa League uh, qualifiers at the moment, so I think that they could break into that. They finished eleventh last year, uh, but only on goal differential they were tied with tenth. Um, they've sort of been, you know, in that mid-table and uh, just need a few things to, you know, maybe fall their way. They had a sort of miserable start to the season last year. They didn't get a win until they beat Chelsea. Uh, I believe that was in November. Uh, so they uh, really had a, a tough start to the season and still finished in, in 11th spot. So I think tough that, start, but you think that they might be able to do better this year? I th- absolutely think they can do better. I think, like I said, you know, Top ten is probably you know a realistic goal, but I think seventh would be you know sort of you know that's a very good season for Palace.
0: Joey, is there another team in the in the other fourteen, for lack of a better term for them, that you think has a nice chance of being able to climb up into that t- top ten spots?
4: Uh, the one that I've got my eye on is Wolves, okay. even though they are just been promoted. Uh, They are extremely talented in what they're bringing up. They are. They have six or seven Portuguese players who have been on the national team, Mm -hmm. including Joe Moutinho, uh, uh, Rui Patricio, and they've got a wonder kid in Ruben Neves. Um, So they're not coming just to survive, I think. Yeah. I think they're going to try and make a run uh, at the top 10, and they come with a lot of managerial experience as well. Yeah. Santo has managed at Valencia, at Porto. Um, you know, he's not just some rookie who's kind of experiencing success for the first time. So, I think they they're, they're one to definitely keep their
0: eye on. That's that is a team that uh, could probably be counted on to outperform what one would initially expect yeah. of a uh, promoted team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree with that completely. I was I was saying before the podcast began tonight that they've got a young player for them that uh, completed more dribbles per game in the champion in the championship than uh, Lionel Messi attempted. In uh, all of La Liga, and he led the top uh, top international leagues. It's uh, it's really it's a team that is fun to watch. They play an exciting, attacking, slashing style of soccer, and that's Mm -hmm. that's always fun in a relegated team where you are are a promoted team. We're very used to seeing teams like a Burnley, who uh, while extremely technically skilled, like uh, we were hearing, uh, often their real goal is to prevent goals, and uh, they'll, they'll sit back. And look for a nice counterattack. Wolverhampton, on the other hand, I think I think Wolves might be really fun to watch crash the Nets this season.
1: I do have a quick question about them. Uh, they brought in a whole new starting 11 by the looks of it. and Essentially. Uh, and I, I went down and looked, and almost their entire starting 11 from the championship is out. Do you think that that turnover is going to wind up hurting them? I think it definitely could at the beginning, uh, just in terms of consistency.
4: A little bit of gelling. Yeah, team chemistry. Um, But usually at the end of the day, they say talent pervades all. So I think by the end of the year, everything will have been figured out, and I don't think it'll hurt them too much at the beginning.
0: And it is like Joe said uh, a lot of these guys played together in Portugal. So while you're bringing in a lot of new faces, it's not a it's not a bunch of guys who are completely unfamiliar with one another. Yeah. So uh, they ought to have a small advantage over where you're just buying the best available players. A lot of these guys played together on the Portuguese national team, or mm-hmm. uh, I, I know two of them were from Porto. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're seeing, uh, I think, that two of them played together at Benfica. So you're seeing some guys who are used to playing together. Scouse, is there anybody that
2: you've got your eye on? Well, there's, there's two teams that you really you cannot discount, and they, um, they usually um, over the last few seasons have made a pretty good show and um, one of them is Leicester because how can you ignore the fact that uh, just a few um, years ago they actually won the Premiership. That's true. Um, and then the other team that we, uh, we you can't discount either is Everton because Everton in the transfer market they've uh, been Dabbling in an awful lot of yeah. good talent.
0: Very yeah. active. Very active. Yeah, I think, and, uh, I
4: think that
2: they had the busiest deadline day of any team in England. Yeah, I haven't seen a deadline day, and oh. we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit in a minute. But um, Everton, um, they could be kind of dark horses. And yeah. I could see them and Leicester kind of knocking on the mm-hmm. door of the top
4: eight. My, my only question with like a Leicester is, is there still enough left from the title
2: winning season? Because
4: there's been a mass yeah, exodus of players since then it's just the, I the, think the just, yeah the, oh, champ,
2: the, the champion's league money's gone and fizzled yeah, out so yeah and the it's dying a,
0: legs of jamie vardy yeah, i was gonna
4: say he's he's still interesting to watch though as a team to watch just because in any game he can go for three goals or he can be invisible and get carded and sent off that's true. He's such a firecracker <laughs> well they do still have harriet mcguire as well yeah him but that but they lost their midfield Yes, Conte and Drinkwater both gone. Actually, both ironically,
2: gone. both at Chelsea now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what did I, and Mar- did I read today that Maguire he, he is going to play at Manchester um, in the a, a few days coming up because he'd be playing for Leicester at Manchester. At United. Manchester, yes. In the opening uh, never got the, season. the
0: never got the uh, sort of expected transfer done, yeah. and uh, so he will begin the year at the very
2: least with uh, with uh, I'm sorry with Leicester. You, you know, and the yeah. good thing is conversely with. Um, all the positive transfers there's a, a few clubs out there with lack of transfers that oh, um, have started raising eyebrows yeah. and um, one of the main ones uh, today is um, Jose Marino what's he yeah. done yeah well, he,
4: just a lot of the big six as a whole did not make any moves Tottenham sat cheap. still
1: yeah yeah um, no, um, no signed no nobody.
4: nobody exactly zero United didn't really get anybody they they were targeting besides and Fred, Fred.
2: yeah and Good then
4: up. um and then the uh, the young right back, uh, I, I think his name's Diego Delo. Yes. Yeah, they Porto. got him, mm-hmm. and that's about it. Yeah. You know, um, Arsenal they brought in some backline help. Socrates. Um, and oh, then you also got Lichtensteiner on a free.
0: Lichtensteiner came over free, which I'm excited uh, about. I, I can
3: tell you as a Dortmund fan that Socrates uh, is not a very strong defender. <laughs> he plays too far up the pitch, and he thinks he's faster than he really is.
0: It'll so. still be an improvement.
3: Probably so. <laughs> and Lichtensteiner, what is it, 33 years 34. old? 34. 34, He's 34. Me, with a uh, heart condition as well. So yeah. he's uh it's yes. heart condition is that he's got too much heart. Right. Yeah. Well... <laughs> here we go.
0: Uh... Before we get into discussing uh, the big six teams Mm -hmm. and what we expect and how we figure that they'll probably finish the upcoming season, uh, let's talk a little bit more about transfers. I like this Mm -hmm. conversation. And uh, Is there anybody that you're particularly excited to have seen come to a new team? We've talked a little bit about Mm -hmm. the lack of transfers, but is there any newcomer to the premiership or any new face in a new place that really gets anybody's juices flowing? Well, my juices
2: are already flowing because with the um – the transfer business that Liverpool have done um, over the close season—really, they've not let that many people go. Yeah, but they have brought in um, quite a bit of brand new talent, um, and I can see I will be kind of—how can I put it—really perturbed if Liverpool don't compete in four competitions. With the squad that they've got this year.
4: I, I would agree with one that on Scouse's team there, Liverpool. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to see what uh, Jordan Shakiri. Yeah. Can do at Liverpool. Shaqir. Yeah. Because he was at one point such a highly touted player, who seemed to have lost his way at Stoke, and you know, kind of just didn't really perform that well for a team that wasn't really going forward as much. Uh-huh. And then you've already seen in preseason. Granted, it's preseason. A little bit of the magic that he can do in terms of that goal he had against United. And I was
2: there, standing yeah. behind that goal. So you got, uh, good, uh, you
0: got a pretty good view of
2: the and it's bicycle. Also, it's also yes, interesting to see
4: what Klopp can do with players like him.
1: And, uh, one other player that's coming in for them, Allison Becker. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at him, his uh, saves per game and his uh, ratio of saves to goals, it's on par with De Gea. Uh, he's right there with him as one of the best goalkeepers in the world and it, I mean, let's be fair, they, you guys would have had, uh, probably would have had the Champions League if you had just a little better it, D.K. It, it, uh-huh.
4: Yeah, know, I, I'll give you a transfer from outside the top six that I'm interested to see and that's just because he's an old haunt of my favorite team. Okay. And that's Andre Scherle. Oh, full sure. That's hmm. Yeah.
0: Just, just to yeah. see
4: because a team, always the promoted teams. You see how the sometimes they're they're getting people on budgets, mm-hmm. and they're getting him on a loan from Dortmund to see what he can do back in the Premier League after having a not so successful spell with Chelsea.
0: And he's he's shockingly young too. Yes. I, I remember seeing he's twenty seven. Yes, and you can you can remember him playing in the twenty fourteen World Cup right, and, yeah. being, and being and being uh, so, the, the assist on the World Cup winning yeah. goal. And now he has a chance to come in and probably get quite a bit of playing time you would
4: on a team where he could be the one of the focuses of the attack yeah, whereas obviously. at Chelsea he was just
3: trying to find a way into the team sure this time he's got a bit more of a primary focus playing opposite of Ryan Sessegnon a very tac- yeah. a very exciting left winger for Fulham as well one of the- He's coming over from Nice is that right No 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 he's been on Fulham he played the championship yeah. he was uh he's like 18 years old he's like the next Oh wow I know every, everybody throws the term around. he's sort of supposed to be the next wonder kid for England yeah, at least. sure. There were rumors of, of uh, Southgate calling him in, even to the England squad for the World Cup. Ultimately, FC didn't come to fruition. But mm-hmm. uh, speaking of Dortmund, uh, former players uh, that, uh, former Dortmund players that have, this this transfer happened at the beginning of uh, the, the window, but Andre Yarmolenko was, uh, he, he was a bit injured last year for Dortmund, uh, but he's come over to West Ham. And I think West Ham is one of those teams, you know, talking about the other 14 teams that could sort of make some noise. They've lost their way, uh, West Ham has, in the last, you know, sort of season and a half. Uh, but I think that, you know, they brought in Jack Wilshere, Issa Diop, uh, Fabianski. I'm not from. ready to talk about Jack Wilshire leaving. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not ready to talk about it. I've got a
4: lot of emotions. Will you talk about it when he's inevitably on the injured reserve again?
0: If As soon as he isn't playing for yeah. them, I'll be ready to talk okay. about it. But uh, whenever that man has played, he's been a blast to watch. So I'm not ready to watch him playing for any other teams. What's sure. uh,
3: Well, staying with uh, with West Ham, uh, Reese Oxford's coming back from a uh, not so successful stint at München Gladbach in Germany. So uh, Fabiatsky from, from uh, Swansea City, I think it's uh, another sort of team that you look to make some noise that had struggled previously.
0: Scouts, did you see anybody moving that you loved? Um,
2: All and, Liverpool all the time. Yep, yeah, yeah, all <laughs> Liverpool all the time. But um, it, it's the thing that, that upsets me is the lack of transfers in some of the other teams like Spurs, who make no transfers, and, yeah. and the same with Man, with uh, Man United and, um, and Arsenal. You know how how are these guys going to compete? It'll be interesting to see the first few games of the season and, and how the um, they will shake out.
0: I'll get into I'll get into addressing your Arsenal concerns in a little while when we're yep. talking specifically about the top six, mm-hmm. and I think that Cody's probably got some thoughts about uh, Manchester United. But since there are no Tottenham representatives here, and why would there be? <laughs> uh, since there are no. Ta- I, I will I will uh, I will hold up a false flag for them for about two minutes and say, I think that they're counting completely on the idea of internal growth. I mean, I know mm-hmm. that people talk consistently and rightfully. About how cheap Tottenham is and uh, what they're trying to accomplish in terms of not spending money and getting enormous results. Well, they're doing that, but they've been getting the great results. I mean, a second place, a third place finish, a second place finish, and then another third place finish. Mm -hmm. This is a team that has been consistently at the top of the table for years. And haven't been spending the big dollars. If uh, I was a businessman and I could arrange that, I would approve. I would appreciate yeah,
4: that, it. That 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 is something but, I would say is they arguably are the most stable team of the top six well, under
2: Pochettino. In, in, in the defense in though years. is that um, traditionally um, Spurs have had a crackerjack youth setup. Yes. where they yeah. they bring a lot of their um, new talent up through the ranks and they end up playing for Spurs. In fact, we've got one of one of those guys um, playing for Louisville City. Mm-hmm. Cam Lancaster you came bet. up through. Yeah. It.
0: You know, um, so they can definitely teach a guy how to strike a ball. Yes. Yeah. But uh, I, I agree with that concept, and I'll say that I do think that this is probably the last year they can get away with this. Oh. This is the last year of their core mm-hmm. players coming into their prime As opposed to heading out of their prime.
4: Well, not just that. Um, At some point, Harry Kane needs help.
0: And at some point, Harry Kane's going to go to Real.
4: Or get hurt or something because he accounted for the most goals uh, by percentage of team than anyone in the Premiership. Okay. You know, and that's coming from a team that finished in the top four and they relied primarily on just one player. Granted, it's a striker driven league anyway. Sure. But for a top four team to rely so heavily on just one guy, that's very troublesome. If he has an off season, he gets hurt. They have to cash in on him.
0: Yeah, you don't have
4: much else behind him.
0: It'll be interesting, and I suppose this is a fair time for me to say. Let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and transfer into talking about our top yeah. six teams, mm-hmm. and we'll begin our Tottenham. We'll begin with discussing Tottenham here, because uh, I do think that uh, watching that club play, you do get a sense that they. These guys have grown up together and grown mm-hmm. together. They play well as a collective. I love watching. I love watching Christian Eriksen play. I think mm-hmm. he's probably one of the the most exciting players yeah. in European football, and might actually be more exciting if he wasn't playing a step and a half behind Harry Kane all the time. Yeah. But uh, I, I love watching him play. I think that you're going to see that core of Dembele, Deli Alley, Eriksen, Harry Kane, and Son all sort of... This is the last year for them to just be improving as a group. And if they don't improve enough to take a league title this year, and I, as the, they're going to have to start making some If you're some moves. at their
2: squads too, you know, even with the players that they've let go this year, they've only let two players go. Yeah. So, these guys, um, they should be... Um, their squad doesn't need gelling. Yeah. They all know That's each other. They're the most stable team. It's fair. You know, so... Damn um, it. Th- yeah. They'll be... They will be, you know, one of the, the teams I think, to watch. I think it?
4: My, my biggest fear with them is how do they transition to the new stadium? And, and what's that adjustment period going to be like? Because, you know, even the guys at Soccernomics, when they wrote that book, they said the home field advantage is traditionally about a goal per game. Well, mm-hmm. can you take advantage of it if you're not used to the home field advantage? Well, and, and, and that'd be my biggest question for Spurs is can they transition to that new stadium? Because even Polchettino said last year when they played at Wembley, it didn't feel like home and
1: he felt some of the results suffered because of it
0: i think that might be fair
1: but then the question is more is the field or is it the 12th player i mean
3: you've mm-hmm. seen the same thing at west ham too you know they're playing in the new the new yeah they, they left uh, elton
2: park and then yeah. they went to the uh mm-hmm. the olympic stadium. The olympic stadium and yeah. um for the first season they did, they were looking to survive relegation. Yeah, the it's difference
0: what, between playing in a real home stadium yeah. with, like uh, Cody says, the twelfth yeah. man there supporting you completely. Yeah. Playing in that versus playing in a place where yeah your fans are going to show up, but it doesn't have that same no. intimacy. It doesn't have that same. Yeah, you know, uh, I, this is my urinal. This is my yeah. bar stool. <laughs> yeah. This is my seat.
2: You know, and the, and the difference between uh, Upton Park and the um, the Olympic Stadium is Upton Park. You could literally, if you were a supporter, you could touch the player taking a throw in. Not that that we approve of that sort of thing. But at the Olympic Stadium, where they used to have the the running track going around the stadium, and you've got that um, divide between the the pitch and the the crowd, you can't tell me that that, um, it has the same kind of atmosphere as Upton Park used to have.
4: But then, I mean, is is there really that much else you can add to about Spurs, since they didn't really do much... Not, off, not really. This this offseason, I mean, literally there's no news, with yep, so, which we're, sometimes we're discussing is good news, but in the top six is that bad but news. But they have a stable squad. Yep. They do.
1: Uh, I mean, there's only one other thing I can mention. They have one of the two Americans in the premiership. Yeah.
0: That's Cameron, completely true. Yeah, Cameron
1: Carter Vickers on defense.
0: Stupid Newcastle getting relegated. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to throw this over for the long, long diatribe that I expect out of uh, Mr. Scouse here in a second. We'll discuss mm-hmm. Liverpool next. But uh, I do want to say we'll uh, hold on to our top six order mm-hmm. predictions until uh, till, until the end here. So uh, before before I hand this over to Scouse to, to wax poetic about what he expects from his club this year and uh, to have grenades thrown from uh, from our other panelists. <laughs> I'll say that uh, as a non-Liverpool supporter, because of being in Scouse's house, I watched more Liverpool last year mm-hmm. than I've ever watched in my entire life. And uh, do not let any of my family hear me say this, but they were the most fun team I've watched play in a long time. That squad is... Fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can you can say whatever you like about Jurgen Klopp and mm-hmm. Gegenpressing pressing and rock star football and whatever you want to call it, but uh, man, they go after the ball and they want to score and they would rather beat you five to three than win one to nothing. They would rather lose five to three than beat you one to nothing. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It's fun soccer to watch play, yeah. and I think that uh, with uh, it's, it's Van Dyke high. coming yeah. along halfway mm-hmm. through the year and uh, Lovren sort of coming into his own once Van Dijk was standing next to him and especially with Trent Alexander-Arnold sort of securing that back, that back line. Uh, I expect big, big things out of Liverpool this year. Scouse, over to you.
2: Yep, I do expect big things out of Liverpool this year um, with the additions of uh, Fabinho, uh, Shakiri and uh, Naby Keita coming into the squad for mm-hmm. this year. Um, Liverpool, for the first time, have um, got depth in the squad, um, and I expect Liverpool, seriously, to be competing on four fronts. The four competitions that Liverpool are going to be in this year, I expect them to do well in every single one of those competitions, just because of the depth of the squad that they've got. Um, And the other thing um, that uh, people overlook at Liverpool is the fact that Liverpool, they um, like to promote from within, they bring up the new talent from their own academy. You know, because if you look at Trent Alexander-Arnold, um, he has made great strides. Mm-hmm. Um, the um, the uh, what you call it? The, you know, the, the scouting system at, at Anfield. They, they went out and um, when Hull went down um, last season, they um, Robertson uh, and the the left back position. They identified him, went and got him, and I swear to God, he was Liverpool's best signing for money um, last season because he's just outstanding.
0: I love that you made it that far into your commentary without talking about the fact that their front three is the most exciting front three Mm -hmm. that uh, English football throws at you. I mean, I love Kevin De Bruyne as much as the next person does, but uh, I'm sorry, Sala, Firmino, and Mane is as exciting as it gets. Kevin, Mm -hmm. I know that they had huge expected goals last year, but also that some of them outperformed their expected
3: goals last year. Do you expect any regression from those three players? I mean... Obviously, Salah, you know, had the golden boot and he, you know, set the Premier League alight. And now that, you know, sort of a season on, it's going to be hard for, it'd be hard for anybody to repeat that sort of performance. At, what do you have? 38 goals? Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Which was a record for a 38-game uh, season. Uh, I think people sort of know what he's all about and what this team's all about. So, I don't know if, if Salah has the sort of... Uh, performance as he does. He might still win the golden boot. I'm not sure if he averages a goal a game. Uh, Mane, I think we're going to have to lean on Mane and Firmino as well as the new signings yep. a bit more. Uh, but I think that they that these players and this team is good enough that they can find it somewhere else.
2: Yeah, uh, and um, I'm kind of um, reluctant to say it, but I, I'm expecting Liverpool to win the championship this year.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: I really am. I, um, I would say
4: like what, what I like most about Liverpool is that they were basically the one team in the top six that didn't rest on their laurels. They yeah. went out and spent, I think what was, the number was about 170 million dollars, well not million dollars, but 170 know. million pounds, they went out and spent that much uh, in the off season to try and improve a squad that finished, sam- that finished second in the Champions League, that yeah. you know, made the top four again. They were the one that really was the most active team as well.
2: Uh-huh. And they did the business early. Yeah. You know, which was nice because most of the players that um, we saw play Manchester United in uh, Michigan, you know, these were the brand new players. You know, we got to see them right up close and personal. So they've mm-hmm. had time to gel together and start playing together and I'm expecting big things out of this.
0: Now, Cody, uh, we are talking about this, but this is a team that finished in, a, frankly, a pretty distant fourth place last year. This is a team that's got to make up a lot of ground. Do you think that uh, the moves that they've made and the improvements they can expect internally that this Liverpool team is a team that can challenge the three teams that finished ahead of them last year?
1: I'm going to go ahead and say that realistically, I don't think that Manchester City is going to be able to keep up the tempo that they are. And I think that the Spurs are going to be nipping on the heels of anybody that's in that top spot. If I was going to name one other team that's going to make the top three a boxing match, it would have to be Liverpool. I mean, they... They're gonna come out just guns blazing. That you can't argue against that front line and it's been reinforced by Shakiri, so when you think you've been able to manage one threat, all they have to do is sub one of their front line in and you've got a whole new formation and a whole new set of interactions to work with. I don't know if they're gonna keep these guys from scoring.
2: It's a, well, it's, I, I think
4: their question is, can they keep it out of the net, can and they yeah. keep it out of their See, own it, net?
2: It, it, that's been Liverpool's biggest Achilles' yeah. heel for quite some time now. It's, okay, it's all very well being able to score them up front,
1: yeah.
2: but the, the, yeah, the leaky tea bag you have in the back four and a crappy goalkeeper, and if you can't keep it out, you know you better be able to start scoring quite a few goals. So they they signed Allison. I mean, they
1: signed a world class goalkeeper. go ahead and plug that back hole.
0: And he's a legitimate sweeper keeper, which I think will be nice for them with their Mm -hmm. pressing style to have somebody who feels comfortable with the ball at his feet, feels comfortable coming away from the net a little bit. I think Allison's a big signing for them. I think having a full year of Van Dyke is gonna make a huge difference. Having a full year of Alexander Arnold is gonna make a big difference on the back line. And uh, it's an exciting team. And while we won't let ourselves get completely bogged down in Liverpool just because this is Scouse's house, (laughs) Uh, I will say that they are, they're they're an exciting team to watch and I think, I really do think that they, I'll, I'll withhold my Manchester United opinions for a minute, but I'll say that I do think that Liverpool probably has the best chance of unseating uh,
3: Manchester City this year as the Premier League champion. I was going to say, I mean, Manchester City won the league by like 20 points. Yeah. Uh,
4: I think the final tally was 19, it was 19. Yeah, and And 26 points ahead of Liverpool. Yeah,
3: Yeah, I mean, Liverpool, like you said, finished a pretty distant fourth. I think maybe could chalk that up to, you know, they could see that they weren't going to win. As soon as they could secure a top four, they focused everything on the Champions League, rightly so, I think, at that point. I, I gotta tell you, I don't know if I can see, especially with the signs that they've made, anybody unseating City again. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna save City for last.
0: Okay, mm-hmm. fair enough. We'll 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 let the champions have their moment. Uh, let's now move over to their cross city rivals though and talk about Cody's favorite team. We're gonna discuss Manchester United a little bit here. The most you know, the most easily recognizable club in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barca could probably have an argument about that, but not much of one. Manchester United is uh, sort of the face of international football. And uh, they've. They're the face of, of the Premier League for people who don't watch the Premier League. That's completely fair. And mm-hmm. uh, they are they're, they're a very good team. I mean, they came in second last year. They have every expectation of, in terms of what their squad is, what they lost, and what they're bringing back. I don't see any reason why they shouldn't be at least as good as they were last year. But the question to me is, Cody, how good were they actually last year? Because well, this is a team that seemed to outperform their actual metrics pretty handily.
1: I mean, you can look down the people that are on the team. You've got Lingard, Lindelof, Biley. I mean, uh, they're stalwarts. They're solid people. And then you have a few standouts. You've got. Bukaku, Sanchez, Pogba, Rashford, Martial, De Gea.
0: It does sound pretty intimidating when you say their names out loud. Uh, I think a lot of the questions that people will have about this team going forward is, shockingly, more than any other team, any team that is coached by Jose Mourinho will always have Jose Mourinho listed before the players. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do we expect Mourinho to play as conservative as he did last year, especially with uh, Mr. Pogba? I wouldn't even say playing
4: style. You've got, you've got the specter lurking of the Mourinho third-year
0: curse. That too, which is—I will get to that. Yeah, mm-hmm.
4: the, 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 for those who don't know, the Mourinho third-year curse at Chelsea twice now, and Real Madrid. He gets to his third year, and. things things
0: blow up fall off the yeah
4: yeah either the team does not perform as well or he finds a way to to either resign or get himself fired
0: and his off season this year has suggested that it would be that he's on that path again yes so he doesn't seem to love his squad he doesn't seem to love the fact that his team only spent the fourth most of any team in international football on signings this off season so uh he uh jose Mourinho, is an interesting character as a fan cody Do you like the style of football he's brought to Manchester, or would you like to see something different?
1: Well, I'll say I don't care much for the style. Mm -hmm. I do appreciate the results, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. there's one question that we've just completely skipped over. Mm -hmm. Do I care for Mourinho as a coach? No. He was probably the worst signing that Manchester United has made on the field or technical staff, bar none, since Moyas. Okay. I mean, granted, they were able to put a Band-Aid on the fact that they made two average to mediocre signings for ma- managers back-to-back, and they got two good years out of him, and you can see by everything that he's saying, he's already checked out. Yes. This season's done. I, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and give you my... My prediction: They're not going to be top six this year. Wow, I, oh, that's a I, I first I bombshell right there. No, is, I, I mean I don't see them making seven. I don't wow. see them getting Europa League that much talent. Wow, that's the only well, that's the you only say reason. That, well, but without, I should say, with it, that much it, talent, with names, yeah, names. I should say. Now let, let's go ahead and look at that. Uh, I mean, one of the things that really crippled them for the last mm-hmm. couple of years has been injuries. And Michael Carrick retired. Glenn mm-hmm. went to Ajax. I mean, these are a couple of yeah. people that- midfield Key depth. And, yeah. and now they're going to be looking towards, what, the youth? Mm-hmm. I mean, they've, they've loaned out about half the good youth. I mean, mm-hmm. unless they recall those loans, they're going to be struggling trying to cobble together a solid 18-man bench. Yeah. And they brought in Diego Delo, which, frankly, isn't- ex- Not ex- exciting. No. You've got Fred, who is their banner signing this year, but who are they going to put around?
3: I mean, this is a team that finished second. I mean, you look at, they've got Alexis Sanchez, Romelu Lukaku, I mean, Paul Pogba. My goodness, you know, world-class players. I would
1: really love to hit on that because we've seen what Pogba can do in the World Cup, and we've seen how badly he has squandered at Manchester United. And And, yeah, this,
3: I think, um, Pogba, uh, yep. Uh, Mourinho, you know, is on, Is the pressure's on him to look at, you know, guys like Pogba and other people who've, you know, played and other sort of setups, and uh, we know how good they can be. Like, you know, Sanchez coming over from Arsenal, like, everybody knows how good he can be, and, and I, I had this thought that Mourinho is like a one-sauce. He makes bad things better, but good things worse. That might be fair. I think that this is a fascinating analogy. He's
4: the guy that He is the champion of the phrase, that's the way we've always done it. And that's the most dangerous phrase in the world. Especially since he's
0: only ever been anywhere for
4: three years. Well, not to say he does things his way. (laughs) He does things with his style, his setup, and he doesn't really ever work to put people in their best positions. He just, he does it the way he wants to. Like I remember when he came back to Chelsea, the first person he got rid of was Juan Mata, who was the defending player of the year at Chelsea. And then, ironically, brings him to Manchester United of all places and <laughs> keeps him. But he's the guy that it's either his way or the highway. And at a lot of these big ego places with big ego players, it doesn't usually work that often. Yeah, let's go
1: ahead and mention the fact that he got rid of Giggsy.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, the man he was, was also 83 too. years old. Yeah. No, so I mean, he's <laughs> been around since association football started. <laughs> <laughs>
4: but
1: uh, yeah. I, no, he he got rid of Giggs. As, as far as being part of the technical staff. And that's I'll frustrating to anybody,
0: too. Uh, yeah. I think that the final note I'll make on uh, Manchester United, I'll let Scouse have his say, and then we'll move on. But uh, I, I think the final note is I, I can't picture them falling out of the top six just because, honestly, I think it might be a benefit to the team if Jose Mourinho mails it in this year <laughs> and just says, guys, go play football. Yeah, Because the talent that they have on that squad is remarkable uh the fact that you can have a front line that is lingard rashford lukaku and sanchez all out on the field at the same time tells me that they're gonna score goals against bottom flight teams even if it's just by accident even if Mourinho (laughs) is asking them all to track back and play defense they're gonna accidentally score goals with that lineup can Lukaku score against big clubs? That's a fair question, but <laughs> I think the more the most important well, question and the, where the, they finish yeah. will rely almost entirely on what he allows Paul Pogba to do. If they, He lets him orchestrate say, and go forward. Uh, how does he let the
4: team play against big clubs?
0: Are, yeah. are we going to sit behind the midline and just... Are we going to play like Watford?
4: Are we are we going to look for the 0-0, zero, zero, or am I actually going to let Lukaku get in the opposing uh, box?
0: Scars, what's your thought?
2: My thoughts are that um, I can say still see Man United being in the top four the, yeah this squad is just far too good to be out
3: of the top four
0: so I think we agree that uh, Cody is just a little too close to see the forest <laughs> yeah. for the trees I, I know
3: you guys are interested in betting things right absolutely uh, I know uh, Mourinho is second in line uh, on the betting betting favorites says managers to get sacked first probably oh. behind Lester uh, behind Javi Garcia at Watford oh okay. Because we know how trigger happy they are that's true all right, so two last year was that?
1: <laughs> so
0: that's Manchester United. We've also talked about Liverpool and Tottenham. Let's move on now to Chelsea. No. Uh, jo- <laughs> Joey is a Chelsea fan. We've had a sorry we, Joey. <laughs> we've had a we've had a coaching change. We've had a ph- no, that's nothing out of the ordinary. We've had a, philo- we've had a philosophy change. Again, you're not you're not uh, shocking me here. But again, this is a team that is willing to spend money. This yeah. is a team that finished in uh fifth place last season yes. and should again talent wise be amongst the best in europe where do you expect them to fit in, where do you expect them to fit into the story of the top six this year
4: i think they'll be fighting for a barely top four spot okay and i say that for two reasons one a new manager almost literally just before the season starts. Yeah. Like he didn't even have much of a preseason to work with. No. Um, And two, they did not really make much significant change to a roster that underperformed last year, whether that was due to the individual players or due to the manager and any discord he had with the players. Okay. Um, They only had, as far as I can tell, three signings come in. Um, Well, four. But you've got the new manager, sorry, from Napoli, uh, he brought with him Jorginho to play in the midfield uh, and then the big news recently of Thibaut Courtois going to Real Madrid uh-huh. and then bringing in a 91 million dollar goalkeeper burnt from Athletic Bilbao um, the worst. is that burnt Leno no that's that. that's Arsenal there but I mean it's scary to think that just before the season starts you're gonna Switch out goalkeepers and spend $91 million Not alone. just switch oh, out goalkeepers,
3: okay. but switch out one of the team best keepers best the in the world. The yes. in the smashing, world. by the way, Alisson Becker's fee of $63 million Yeah, which we thought $90 was nothing. Million. Ah,
4: that's chump change now. <laughs> uh, well, I think the biggest thing was Hazard did not leave. And that was the biggest fear today on deadline day was whether Real Madrid would swoop in for him as well.
0: Eden, and Hart- think- Eden Hazard can uh, cover a lot of warts on a team.
4: Yes. Uh, he's got a lot of individual brilliance to just pick a goal out from nowhere. But I think their biggest issue is going to be system change. Because Sarri likes to play a 4-3-3 and they've been playing the three-man back line for two years under Conte. And then also, who's going to play up top? Because last year they brought in Murata you don't for think a lot of money. Murata? They brought him in for a lot of money and then they bring in Giroud in the January window. And he got a majority of the playing time granted because he's the most beautiful man in the world. He is a very pretty man. Beaty French forehead. But but the thing is this, who's gonna be the man up top between the two of them? Because you have to have somebody to take pressure off of Azar so that he has space behind the striker.
0: Well it asks the question, do you want somebody who can maybe create for himself a little bit in Murata, who is probably a more clinical classic finisher? Or do you just want a pure target man in Olivier Giroud who is going to distract all the defenders with his just sheer, I mean, those cheekbones. Yeah, yeah. and the, the hair. The cheekbones the went hair a long
4: amazing. way for Arsenal so, for a lot I of think years. That's, that's going to be one of the defining questions of Sarri's first year. I say but, first year, could be only year depending on Roman Abramovich. On his you general never know. mood.
0: You never know. Cody has been chomping at the yes, bit to have a say in this.
1: I, I, I'm going to be honest, Chelsea probably has the most exciting team as far as what they've got put together that I've seen, uh, much respect to Liverpool. But I mean, they've got a midfield of Fabregas, Drinkwater, Conte, Hazard, Loftus-Cheek, who had a great World Cup. Yeah, uh, William. I mean, that that midfield, and then big, you add Jorginho to it. And
0: William is William is always a player that's excited yeah. me. He's fun yeah. to watch. He's dangerous from 25 yards out. He's. Uh, He's creative. I've always enjoyed watching him play. I've always has been a bit in Hazard's shadow.
3: Yeah, and, and yeah.
0: Absolutely been in Hazard shadow, and it's unfortunate because, I, frankly, I think that if you had to start a team with one or the other, you
2: might not go wrong going with William. You could have a
4: whole podcast just but on the, that. The, the one, true.
2: one signing the Chelsea have got this year that uh, kind of surprised and shocked the, the crap out of me, to be honest with you, was they've um, on a, um, a free transfer from Huddersfield Town mm-hmm. is Rob Green, Mm-hmm. Master of the Butterfingers, yes. um, <laughs> the, the former England goalkeeper that uh, you know, with, with, I thought it was, it's terrible goalkeeper. I, I, I yeah. don't see the logic of that one. You, gotta have you, you, you gotta, that gotta have, you gotta have somebody, somebody to
4: carry for. water. Well, not just that. I think he's also there to help. They have a very exciting young keeper behind. Um, yeah, behind. Uh, I'm gonna try this name here. You have got it. Got Balaga. It's Balaga. Um, yeah, it's 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 mm-hmm. uh, Marcin Bolka. He's a very exciting young keeper who's been getting a lot of preseason time. He's okay. only 18 years old, mm-hmm. so I think they needed someone to come in and kind of mentor him, so that he's not just sitting on the bench and doing nothing the whole time. To make your life easier, he does just go by Kepa. Thank you, Kepa. Yes. Well, no, I look forward to what the Chelsea fans come up with, because with Cesar Azpilicueta they came up with Dave.
0: Dave. <laughs>
1: yeah, just call him Dave. <laughs> that's what that's, he's known as in the Chelsea ranks Dave. is Dave.
4: Because we went, there's no way in hell we're going to be able to figure that one out.
1: So I can't wait to see what they come up for him. Well, I, I've got to be honest. Um, I didn't get, really get a chance to say it earlier. This is the signing that I am most excited about in the Premier League. This is a young talent that it, I feel is going to have a ripple effect and people are going to know this man's name far and wide before even the end of the season. And y'all could keep him for a decade yeah. and he'll still be top I, of the I,
4: I hope so because they're going to need a keeper who can stand on his head with a backline change
3: from a three-man backline to a four-man backline now after being in the three-man backline for two years. I'm just surprised at the fee that he's commanded. $90 million for a guy who is 23 years old. Last year in 30 La Liga matches, he conceded 43 games. Or 43 goals, excuse me. Seven clean sheets. Like, that doesn't seem like but $90 that, million. That, that dollars. Just put- that just player. proves
2: the old adage the goalkeeper is only as good as his back four yeah, yeah exactly if his so, back four or no and good and also you have
4: to realize it's also a bit of a i'm not going to say a panic signing but when you sell courtois and it's reaction, your, your, your backup is caballero and volca uh you need someone who's had and cream some, some top flight experience somewhere sure so that's why i say and i'm I'm very, knew
3: that.
4: I'm very interested to see how he handles his first few games in front of that back line
0: I think it'll be, I, to me, Chelsea is maybe the team with the widest variants. They, I think they could be second, they could be Sixth. That's exactly what I was going to say I I'm don't sorry, think that yeah. any of the other teams really has That much of a... Uh,
4: wild card
0: Everybody else I think is sort of slotted Into a two or three spot yeah. Range, whereas I do think Chelsea Can yeah. go all five spots from Two to six. I, I
4: agree completely, which is why I am terrified and excited <laughs> And
0: everything in between For this upcoming season. But sometimes Not knowing where your team is going to finish Adds a little savor to the I'll, season
4: and I will say this, what I do like that Sarri has done, as opposed to some of his predecessors, is he has been bringing in some of that young talent that forever has been part of the Chelsea loan Army that yeah. goes to either, you know, that goes to, to, the, to, to Belgium, you know, or that goes everywhere else. He's been bringing some of these not-so-young guys Bring anymore home. back in, like yeah. Ruben Loftus-Cheek, who, under a variety of managers, has gone from everywhere, from the holding midfield, to striker, to wing... And now he's actually been playing him in the preseason so that may that gives me hope that maybe this academy that's won So many damn trophies in the past few years. They're actually going to use some of these guys for good start supplying some of them Yes, give them a chance instead of having to spend 91 million dollars on a on a keeper. Maybe they could just help develop one.
0: All right, Uh, now I digress (laughs) (laughs) Now let's uh, let's discuss the best team in the Premiership. I think we can all agree in Arsenal and uh it count
3: like 4 or 5
0: depending to other teams. depending on how you measure best. Yeah. I'm not saying uh w- definitely the best name. I think that's fair. Uh no, the Gunners awesome. this year. <laughs> the gun- Gunners this year are coming off of a sixth place finish, uh they fit this season I saw that they were projected to finish with 71 points in sixth place, which is farther away from uh first place Manchester United's prediction or Manchester City's prediction in the uh, betting circles then seventh place is from 20th yeah it's a it's a large gap See-
4: this is where I would challenge what you just said about Chelsea. Okay. I think Arsenal has got the biggest variance in where
3: they. Can I love finish you
0: saying that. I love you for saying that.
4: But what I mean is, you have so many more questions.
2: There's a lot of questions. They can There's like of...
3: six or ten. Yes. Whoa. Whoa. Because Let's face it. For the first
2: for, for the first time in, all, in how how long is, um, Wenger has Wenger not been there? Yeah. Coming in, coming yeah. in for a season
0: without Arsene Wenger lends a lot of questions. Yes. I think that Unai Emery has. Uh, I've, I've, frankly, I've liked what I've seen from him in the preseason. Mm-hmm. I've liked what I saw from him in training. Coming ex- from
3: PSG, right? Yes. I'm excited yeah.
0: to see what he's going provide to for, provide for the club. I think that one thing that we've gotten we didn't talk about during the transfer window mm-hmm. discussion that we haven't had in the entire time that uh, Arsene Wenger was coach, frankly, since like 2003, 2005 maybe, is uh, a true creative holding midfielder, which is sort of the, the, the design of all midfielders in modern football. Mm-hmm. Uh, you no longer need to just be either be an attacking midfielder or be no. a defensive I, midfielder. Everyone's you, a box-to-box box now. You've got to be able yeah. to do both, and in yeah. Torreira, who they brought in as a 22-year-old now, mm-hmm. is perhaps the first midfielder that I've seen play for Arsenal in... Over a decade that makes me excited about what he can do in terms of holding possession and creating offense from it. Okay. Uh, for a number of years, the concept was throw the ball to De Giroux and hope that things work out. Throw the ball to Van Persie and hope that things work out. There were a lot of throw the ball at so and so and hope that thing works. Things work out yeah. for a lot of years, and uh, I'm excited about what they can do between uh, having Bellerin on the Bellarin outside and then be also having the pace. That, <laughs> right during the Arsenal part two. You bet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then also the vision that Urzel provides. I think that it's an interesting team that we've constructed this year. I think that our ceiling is probably around fourth. I think that that's best case scenario. Aubameyang uh, uh, Ob- and Lacazette are two legit bona fide scorers. They can mm-hmm. both put the ball in the back of the net, and that's exciting to me. Rizal, when he is engaged, and all indications are that under the first year for somebody new, he will be. He loves getting to wear number 10 because Jack kept that from him for years. Uh, I think that it's going to be an exciting season to watch Arsenal play soccer for the first sure. time in a couple of years. Sure. Uh, I'm pleased. I, I know that we mocked a little bit the, so- the Socrates, Socrates yeah. uh, signing and... Uh, that's fine, but I think that just having sol- a solidified back line will go a long way, which is not something that Arsenal has had. It's it's going to be nice to see them count on. This is our this is our lineup every day, and uh, we haven't had that. I'm excited about what this squad can do. I think that their ceiling is probably fourth, and and I do think that their floor is probably seventh. I wouldn't be entirely shocked if some club outperformed all expectation and had some good luck and got them and got into seventh. The same way I feel about Chelsea, really. Sure. but uh, And the way that Cody apparently feels <laughs> about uh, Manchester yeah, sure. United. Uh, it's not it's not among the best Arsenal teams I've ever seen, but it's one that has me optimistic about the future, and that's the first time I've been able to say that well, in well, a while.
4: What's interesting is you say the the previous tag had been just throw it up field and hope the best happens. Yeah. I would say this would be since the Thierry Henry days, this would probably be your best option of doing that with Obama, yang and Lacazette up top guys who can make things
0: happen. And also- And yet there are more connectors than there have been since those yes, Henry well, years when you as can as well. count on a Bergkamp to be able to move the ball forward or a Lungberg out but on a the, wing.
4: The, the, the thing that I'm most torn up about concerning Arsenal, and this because he was a, a hero of my heart for so many years, is the replacement of Petr Cech as the number one
0: with oh. Leno. I'm not, I'm not entirely certain that you're really gonna see that. You don't I, think so? I, I think that you're going to see it as sort of a gradual thing like what we saw with mm-hmm. Liverpool last year between Carius yeah. and Mignolet. Mm-hmm. I think that they're going to give they're going to give Leno some spot starts yeah. to start the season. I I imagine day 1 it's going to be Peter Check.
3: Okay. Yeah. Just cuz
0: I but I you do. see the
4: writing on the wall. And, but you see yeah. the
0: end for Peter Check. Yes. And that's, that's and that's completely sad. fine with me. That's sad he was a wonderful though. Chelsea goalkeeper yeah. and he's been an adequate Arsenal yeah.
1: goalkeeper.
3: 36 years old, get, get It's coming to it. the
0: end. Uh, I think it's time to
1: retire the headgear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I'd like to bring up, what do you think Granit Xhaka is gonna be doing this year considering how high he's riding on that brilliant World Cup performance that he has?
0: I think that you're gonna see a lot of what we saw from him last year, which is inconsistency. <laughs> I think that you're gonna see a lot of moments of individual brilliance and moments of horror uh, of completely forgetting that there are other people In-class on the pitch. Succession. Well, and it's, that's the that's the thing about Chaka that I that that strikes me every time I watch him play is that it sometimes appears that he completely forgets there are other people on the pitch, either on his team to pass to or on the other team to mark. That he yeah. just completely forgets that he's not alone trying to do something awesome. Uh, he's I, a really good squad player. He he is. He's exactly what you want when you're starting a uh, a, a unit. Uh, no, he's. He is one of the players of the last five years that has made me tear my hair out more than any other player mm-hmm. because of the moments of wow and the moments yeah. of what the hell. Yeah. Uh, so I expect that to continue. I think that we saw in the World Cup what he can be. I don't expect that to be every day. It's just okay. it's never it's never been proven to be every day. Okay. Uh, anybody have any Arsenal thoughts? Because I, I, I... Are, are you ever gonna have a
4: British Welsh? or midfielder of that kind stay healthy for an extended period of time?
0: The answer to that is no. Between Jack Wilshere and Aaron Ramsey? No, the answer is no. Okay. Uh, I although I that think there, that always. now that Arson has left, we're more likely to sign more British players. Mm-hmm. I don't think that we're suddenly going to – I think the last one he had any uh, confidence in in terms of a British player was Saul Campbell. Okay. So it's, uh, I don't think we're likely to see a lot
2: of uh, – a lot right, of
0: fair enough. British health this yes. season. Yes.
2: Anyone? <laughs> Well, Arsenal. You know, it, it just that uh, it's good to see that West Ham have um, kind of capitalized on um, um, Arsenal's um, waves and strays because with Jack Wilshere and Perez um, both going to West Ham, yeah. you know, um, I think those guys uh, with Callum Chambers too, they're going to be a big loss.
0: I'll be, I'll be, I will not say rooting for West Ham, but I'll be paying attention. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. It's just one of those times where you watch some of your players go, and it they probably run their course at Arsenal. They've been given as many opportunities as anybody can be. They've yeah. been given the chance to stay healthy and they couldn't. They've been given the chance to turn into something special and they never did. So,
4: it's the opposite of Chelsea, where they were never given their chance to run their course and you're saying, and now they're succeeding elsewhere. There you go. Lukaku, De Bruyne, Mo Salah. You bet. They never got their chance and now they're going crazy elsewhere, so
0: yeah. yeah i have the opposite pain of you (laughs) (laughs) but it it, uh, london is crazy that way Mm -hmm. uh so i think like i say i think that their variance is four to seven okay uh let's discuss the let's discuss the reigning champs before we make our predictions and move on is there anything any superlative that anybody can come up with now we don't have any man city fans here sorry devin reardon Uh, we don't have any man city fans here which is probably good because, gosh, they are insufferable. I think we would have thrown them off the balcony by now. Probably. <laughs> uh,
1: it's it's. There may I, have been a couple here when we came in. They're already over there.
0: I, uh, it's not any question that I love the Invincibles in a way that it is impossible for a man to love a group of other men. But uh, I will say, I think that the team last year that Man City put on the field was the best team that has ever graced the pitch for uh, Premier League, and uh, don't take my Gunners card for that. But that was the best soccer team I've ever seen play in the Premiership. Does anybody have uh, any reason to think that they won't at least be excellent this year? There's
4: no reason. No, excellent, no, no reason I think no. the question is, do they have the first
0: back-to-back since 09? Yeah, that was Man U that, was Man U that yeah, did that, that, that right? Yeah, that was the, the last one since
1: 09. So it'll have been almost a decade since the last back-to-back champion. I mean, they, they kept Everybody that counted and brought in my res for good measure. I yeah. mean, what more can you ask for? The only question that I have is, have the other teams brought in enough firepower and figured out ways to at least put their foot in the door. I mean, I'm I'm not expecting that the top three are going to be as distant as they
2: were this year, but I My think question. it's gonna be an awful lot tighter than what it was last yeah. year. I'm that's expecting, the, yeah. that's the I'm right expecting
1: between first and third to be no more than twelve points. Sure. And, and I think it's it's gonna be a real boxing match for second sure. Third and I think you year. wonder
4: with Man City and with Pep, at some point, when does the pressure for European mm-hmm. competition get bigger than 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 for the premiership
0: i'm wondering the same thing whether or not they might success consider the championship in the league where they might be putting a little more pressure on themselves for the championship league i also think that the premiership as a whole has gotten better i think that teams 8 through 14 are more dangerous to take a draw or a sneaky yeah. win at home against the top flight teams and that affects everybody, but at some point, the concept of complacency sneaks in. Sure. This team just dominated, walked through the Premiership last year. And it's hard to get yourself up for that again this year, where it's like, okay, so I've got to go and play friggin' Brighton, Brighton. Oh, I'll be I I've got to go play Brighton on
3: a Wednesday night. I don't I don't yeah. care. Can you do it on a rainy Tuesday night? Yeah. It? Exactly. Yes. Brighton Stoke? Stoke?
4: or Stoke <laughs> or Cardiff. But, but I want to question, then, if you're worried about complacency, this team is so deep. It's so good. That if Pep even feels that one guy's complacent, he's got
0: three standing back there. So you need not just the team to be complacent, but also Pep. Yes. Uh, you need
4: the whole organization to decide to take some time off uh,
0: as as great as Aguero and uh, Jesus or Jesus, I'm sorry, and uh, De Bruyne and uh, and company, I was about to say and company, and I mean actually company.
1: Stones, Aguero, De Bruyne, Sané, Silva, that's the name
0: I was holding off on because I really think that Leroy Sané might be the best of the bunch this year. I think that he Mm -hmm. could do special things. It looked to me like last year he was chomping at the bit to be a bigger part of what they were doing. And uh, with De Bruyne pulling the strings in just the most masterful way possible, and, uh, and always you, and being you, able to count. And then you have Silva behind him. Oh yeah, because you, know, you need that. Is there anything else I you guys? It's, it's uh, just a wealth of riches. Their their defense isn't exactly lacking either. This is a team that needed center backs and went out and got center backs last year and then <laughs> reaped the benefits. Yeah. It's, this team is, it's stacked and there's no other way to look at them.
2: Yeah. Uh, I think yeah, they're very intimidating and right now they do have that intimidation factor. Um, and, you know, the team that won the championship last year, uh, most of them, nearly all of them, are coming back uh, with the um, addition of Mires. Yeah. You know, and unfortunately, I think he's probably going to miss the first few games of the season. He's going to miss a lot
0: of games you know? due to just not having a spot. You know, yeah. so. I would
2: say my, my only fear, and it's not much of
4: one, is that, and it's not the same team in any way whatsoever, but this feels very close to what happened last year with Chelsea. Defending yeah. champion was very quiet in the transfer window, re- relied on the squad they already had, and then, granted, completely different situation. Sure. But because they didn't bulk up and reap the benefit of that, suffered. Now, again, I say it's not the exact same scenario in any way whatsoever. That is the only slight fear I would have of anything.
0: Yeah. The only possible chink in the armor here is self-inflicted, yeah. is them not being able to get up for games, mm-hmm. is them not, is injuries well, it's occurring. It's like a massive injury bug. Right. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, I think that the worst they can possibly expect would be to come in a close second, and that would be if bad luck occurred. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a hard time envisioning them not, I don't expect them to score the same number of points they did last year. Like mm-hmm. I say, I think there are teams that can take a point off of them, or uh, two that couldn't last year. Yeah. Yeah. And also, there will be some level of complacency. But uh, envisioning this team that is this good not winning it again is is difficult. You have to conjure a scenario. Yeah, you can't just say, "Oh yeah." I agree. You know,
4: a lot of unfore- a lot of unforeseen circumstances are going to have to pop up. All the, right. bu- the bus is going to have to get lost on the way to the stadium more than a few times.
3: All right.
0: Let's 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 go around the table here to conclude and we'll uh, we'll figure out what everybody thinks. Uh, does anybody not have Man City at number one? Hello two wait, of you! i was gonna say uh, that's uh, the only we've got Kit Kernan over here who's gonna take Crystal Palace. Right, exactly. Uh, <laughs>
3: Exciting. Wait, are just wait, champion. I'm talking
4: about on his FIFA game? <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right, Kevin, who do you have? Listen, number one. I'm not pandering. But I just think that heavy metal football... There it is. Oh. Liverpool wins, wins the Premier All model. right, so he's got Liverpool. I can't
0: imagine who Scouse has got.
2: Yeah, I've got Liverpool too. All yeah. right, so yeah. both of you <laughs> have kind of a little, little
0: bit biased. And that makes sense. I mean, if you were going to take somebody else, that's the logical yeah. place to go. Uh, yeah. Do either of the three of us not have Liverpool in two? Two? Oh, okay, Cody, who do you have in the two slot? 1st He's got Tottenham Ooh. after Manchester City. So Man City, Tottenham. And now, uh, do you guys both have Manchester City in the second slot? Yes. Okay, okay so it would be uh, Man City and then Liverpool for Joe and I. Yes. Liverpool, Man City for Kevin and Scouse, And then uh, Man City, Tottenham for Cody. All right. Give me your three, four, five, six, Gauss.
2: Third, um, I'm gonna say Man United. All right, I, I can't uh, bet against them. Um, fourth place, I'll put Spurs. Um, and then uh, fifth, I will go with uh, Arsenal.
0: So that puts yeah. Chelsea in the sixth slot? Yeah. All right, and then uh, Kevin, what do you have for three, four, five, six?
3: I wanted to pick, you know, a not top, you know, 6 team to to break in, but I couldn't steer away from journalistic integrity. Right. Yeah, I couldn't steer away from Spurs, United, Arsenal, Chelsea in that order. Spurs,
0: United, Arsenal, Chelsea. Yeah. All right. I'm going Spurs, Chelsea, United, Arsenal. Spurs, United.
1: No. Spurs, Spurs Chelsea, Chelsea, United, United Arsenal. Arsenal.
0: All right. I think that seems like a reasonable pick. Uh, Cody, what do you got?
1: Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal, and Everton.
0: Everton ahead of Man United. He, he went all the way Jeez. with his seventh prediction. He did. He told us he was going to. No, yeah, he told I, us he I, was going to leave Man out. That's I completely
1: fair. believe that oh, Josie is going off the rails, and he's going to alienate his team, and he's going to drop a lot of points that he's not going to need to drop, and he's going to squeak into the seventh spot, if that. Okay.
0: I have got Tottenham as the dropper mm-hmm. in my league. I think that uh, depth is gonna come back to haunt them this year. Uh, I think they've played too many years in a row without too serious of a problem there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that you're gonna see uh, Man United in third, you're gonna see Arsenal in fourth, Tottenham in fifth, Chelsea in sixth. Uh, I think that it's gonna be a fun season to watch mm-hmm. uh, because legitimately, as we've just heard from five different fans of five different teams. You can't completely write anything off about this season. You can't write everybody into the top six, as Cody has proved. You can't write Manchester City in as the champion, as Kevin and Scouse have proved. And it's gonna be a lot of really exciting football, even at the lower levels. We talked about Wolverhampton, we talked about uh, we, we talked about Burnley, we talked about Crystal Palace. We've had a lot of clubs that might not be household names to non Premiership fans that are going to be soccer worth watching this year So just because you see a game that is not you know Chelsea versus United doesn't mean it's not worth watching and
2: uh, So we know that Molly Malone's which is where we are tonight in the uh, in St. Matthews and we will be here on um, Sunday morning at 8.30 a.m. Sharp to watch uh, Liverpool's first match of the season
0: and so uh, we know that Molly Malone's here in St. Matthews, Molly Malone's in the Highlands Melwood Tavern often opens for some of the games, especially the afternoon and uh, late morning games. Uh, Saints is is even starting their own breakfast menu now. Saints (laughs) is going to do breakfast, which sounds delightful. Uh, And if you need help finding these games, please contact any of us, and we will tell you where we will be because you can bet your bottom dollar that if my wife lets me leave my couch, I will be out at one of the pubs
2: watching these games every Saturday morning. And if you're listening to this podcast, um, you obviously love soccer so come out and join us in scouse's house come and what? come and join us and um and and um experience the fun that we all have for the game
0: and if you can't make it out to watch from scouse's house then please tune in and listen to kevin with the call on what station are you guys on these days kevin uh between 8:40 or 7:90 most of the time but if you check both you'll definitely find the dulcet tones of kevin kernan uh you're usually calling the games with Clay Ables. Clay Ables, and they do a very nice job. I had to take advantage of them this weekend while I was in Florida, and uh, they did a very nice job. It was pleasant. It was a pleasure to tune in. Uh, if you are an American soccer fan, join AO with Joey with the American Outlaws. Guys, there is soccer aplenty in the city of Louisville if you only know to look for it. You can generally catch the Scouse's House in the House podcast on Thursday mornings and you can catch Cody Ruth decked out in scarves at every home game. So, guys, get out, enjoy your soccer, whether it be American, English, or Louisville City, Mm -hmm. because one thing we know for sure is that soccer is phenomenal. Thanks, everybody, for participating, and you guys have a great night. Thank you. Thank you.
1: You guys got any picks for who's going to drop? I wrote them down. I got Carter, Fulham.